What's up, guys? Welcome to the CrossView Podcast. Uh, hopping into another several topics today. Super excited about all of them. Uh, you may see we have a few new pictures on the set. Uh, I'm going to ask Aaron to, to give us the introduction here. <laughs> <laughs> Setting the background scenery, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, Lee Strobel, Josh McDowell, Jay Warner Wallace. I met all the – I was wearing the same polo. Really weird that that happened. But – uh, all different, all different times that I that I uh, met those guys. Yeah. Uh, they're a couple, some of my favorites. Yes, more than if you don't shirt. know those names, look them up. Yeah, but yeah, good, good stuff. Hey, apologies before. Yeah, before we start. Yep, I didn't tell you I was going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to mention that we have some resources. Number yeah. one, we have merch for the show on TrueStrengthApparel.com. Link in the description. Some uh, CrossView podcast merch, and there will be more coming soon. Also, Marcus over there, you know, humbly just sitting there, you know, writing like six books that are out. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Five, six, four. Somewhere on there. <laughs> yeah. Commentaries, Bible studies, life story, got all kinds of stuff out. And uh, you can go on the Gospel and Culture website. Also what's, on the description. What, what's the website again? Gospel N, the letter N. Just culture. the letter N, that's right. Dot com. Yeah, gospelculture.com. And uh, I don't have anything yet like that book wise but things are in the works things are in the works so yeah good stuff we never mentioned any of that before no i I think we loosely mentioned like hey there's links check out some stuff (laughs) yeah but yeah we've been pretty bad about about that so far but yeah links are in the show notes check it out (laughs) yeah let's jump into it yeah appreciate you remembering that cool uh yeah so we started with some apologists uh the reason being that uh our first topic is kind of an apologetic discussion um the it kind of uh was brought up by a friend of mine's family member asking him questions about um the faith and the exclusivity of christianity and jesus uh and kind of how to respond to that um so what do we say aaron to those who think it's harsh that christianity claims to be exclusive that christ claims to be exclusive that uh he is the only way to heaven he's the only way uh, to get salvation, to receive salvation. Um, hmm. Yeah. What about those who have never heard or didn't grow up in Christianity? First part. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinks that, think that it's harsh to be exclusive. Number one, all truth is exclusive. That's the, yeah. that's just how truth works. Yeah. It always is. And so all truth is exclusive. Number one. To, I, I think the harsh, the, the, the addressing the harsh part, I think you could go a couple different ways. One, one way with this would be, um, I would maybe just question where do you even get the idea that it's harsh? The morality like, argument, like right. you making that moral judgment claim, yeah. where does that come from? And then you, and then you gonna, you know, you go the, you go the moral truth route. So in other words, like, for you to make that moral claim, there has to be a moral truth. Mm-hmm. So what is that moral truth and where does that moral truth come from? And <clears throat> because if, if it's just a moral subjective truth, you know, then like somebody tells me that that idea is harsh to them. And then I could just say, I don't care. <laughs> oh, yeah. well. Yeah. So, you know, if if we're living in the subjective world of truth, then I just say that I don't think it's harsh. Now what? 
now we now we have opposite answers and you know in this subjective truth world that this this made up world i'm i'm creating right now in this moment in this subjective truth situation one says it's harsh one says it's not and there's nowhere to go from there but in in because we live in an objective truth world it leads to further conversation because right. there has to be a, a an objective moral truth that that's based off of that claim is based off of yeah. um to th- to say that something like that is harsh uh number 2 uh you know maybe go the route of um god said it you know god can can do that mm-hmm. uh and so again questioning who am i as a person to say that something's harsh that that god has implemented mm-hmm. um because god is all wise god is all knowing and therefore he allows things and 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 does things that are outside of my understanding fully right and that's just how it's going to be yeah uh so um i think it's maybe i know a lot of people get hung up on the harsh part they get hung up on the moral side the moral claim part um because they just you know it just we live in such a feelings based society that you know everything is just like if it doesn't make me feel good if it doesn't make you feel good or it doesn't give you good vibes like you just kind of you don't rock with it true and it's like well there's that doesn't mean that there isn't things we have to wrestle with sure and you know also maybe give some comfort too to say that some very big name you know outspoken christians throughout history have wrestled their entire life with questions like this and so this isn't a new thing it's not a new thing it's not you know it's not a um it's not a question that's ever been discussed that's never been asked before that's the one thing that i realized it's just kind of a general sentiment when I started realizing or jumping into apologetics mm-hmm. like a decade ago, after a couple of years, and this all clicked, I think, when I heard somebody say it, but the point is people initially, you think that, oh, man, I'm just going to be overwhelmed with the amount of questions that can be asked. In reality, while there are a ton of individual questions, the reality is that basically all of these questions that could be asked fall under only a handful of categories. Mm -hmm. And so then once you realize what category the question falls under, then you can kind of address what's really behind the question. Yeah. And I think Greg Kokel always says, I think it's Greg Kokel that always says there's something behind the question. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, I, I've been doing a lot of talking. Why don't you speak to that? Yeah, no, you're good. I think I think uh, it's Frank Turk that always says that you know you have to steal from the Bible and steal from Christianity, steal from God. especially when you're talking about He's morality. He's got a book stealing from God. Yeah, check it out. It's, it is really I've seen a lot of videos from it. I haven't read the book myself, but um, but yeah, in order to make the moral argument against God, you have to actually steal from God's standard and God's morality. Yeah. So for anything to be harsh, you have to first believe that there is a God and that it's the God of the Bible, really. Um, and so it doesn't defeat what the argument is against it. But go ahead. Yeah. One, 
one honest point on that, though, mm-hmm. I will say that sure. I have seen that going that route with people is not necessarily the the best approach right off the bat for most sure. people. Yeah, because it very easily can turn into you're just trying to out argue them mm-hmm. um, when it's always best to not have that approach. It's right. always best to get to the heart of the person and like really deal with them yeah and not just try to out argue their point um so everything we just said it's really good to know and you should know it you should learn it um because there are people out there that that want that argument to happen because they will legitimately by you out persuading them which is biblical paul paul uh you know used persuasion in the new testament many times Mm -hmm. um to the councils that he spoke to uh, by you persuading, you know, certain people, they will be changed because of that. Um, yeah. and, uh, so anyway, it is important to know, but I'm just saying it, it, it can be, it, it, it can be looked down because a lot of Christians look down upon it because, uh, it's, it's too argumentative to them. Look down um, on apologetics in general. Like sometimes, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I don't want, I just want to love people to, yeah. I just want to love people to Christ. He, Yes, your your answer is not wrong, but love them by answering their questions. When you break down what is loving somebody, that's answered many many different ways, and one of the best ways by to love somebody, you can't you can't fully love somebody without giving them truth. Yeah, Um, I saw today on social media. I want to say it was Tim Stratton that shared it uh, from Leviticus, and it was like there was a passage. I want to say Leviticus nineteen. Anyway, um, it said, rebuke your brother or your neighbor. The very next verse is, I'm kind of paraphrasing, by doing so, you love your neighbor as yourself. Like, is that that same passage? Um, yeah. But it I talks have, about rebuking actually, your neighbor. There's a Proverbs on that. Yeah. Um, rebuke from a friend. Yeah. But you even talked about, like, gentleness and, res- like, respect, which is, the like, not arguing people to win arguments, but, like, winning souls and understanding you're talking to a person that you don't, you're not trying to offend them or argue with them to win an argument, but ultimately win their soul, which goes to, I think it's first Peter, right? Three, five talks about, uh, give a defense for your faith. Yeah. Um, but do so with gentleness and respect. Um, and so we're not out here just trying to win arguments for the sake of argument's sake, but I understand you are talking to a person whose soul is, is an eternal soul. And so you're either going yeah. to hell or heaven. Um, you know, so, don't try to win an argument. Try to understand you're talking to a person that you want to persuade to Christ. Yeah. So, yeah, that Proverbs I thought of is it's Proverbs 27, five and six better is open rebuke than hidden love wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely understand the, the, the gut punch of like, well, what about those who never heard about Jesus? Or what about those, you know, who grew up Hindu, grew up Buddhist, grew up in like these, these areas of the world that you're, you're just not exposed to the gospel and you just raised up in whatever your parents were. Um, and you know, and there's real consequences if you don't go along with that. Like if you want to say you're a Christian in a Hindu society, um, you could, your your face your life being taken like it's not it's not like a small thing to just be like eh, i just want to change my religion i just want to follow something else like 
Same um, thing with same thing with Islam. Yeah, same thing with Islam. I mean, it depends it, on what area of the world you are and things like yeah, that. Yeah, it depends what sect of of those religions too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in in a lot of is, Islamic circles, if somebody converts to Christianity, they're they're completely shunned by all family. Yeah. And and so in other words, like that mean like they're they have nobody. Right. Yeah. And uh, in the extreme sects, they're they can be killed. Right. Yeah, I mean, Nabil Qureshi is, has, you know, he was, wasn't that extreme. It was more of a disowning of mm-hmm. the family yeah. and not really, over time, that kind of, um, you know, soothed itself, I guess, alleviated itself a little bit. Um, you know, may you rest in peace. But um, also, there's a Instagram, uh, Hidden Christians, if you guys want to check it out as well. He's He was a Hindu, now follows Christ, and he kind of is it's a platform for him to talk about why it is important for those who have come out of whatever religion that they are honest about their faith now in Christ and how to kind of navigate that, that switch. Does he like Vivek? I don't know. That's a good (laughs) question. (laughs) Um, But Romans one is also a a good place to go when we talk about, um, because almost the question itself is not necessarily even a real reality. Like it's not an actual reality according to the scriptures in the way that a person may ask the question, right? That, Oh, well, what about people who've never heard? Well, what about people that just, don't have access to this information about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bible kind of speaks to this. And so I'll read Romans 1, 20 through 21. It says, for since the creation of the world, so from the very beginning, uh, God's invisible attributes, both his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood, understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. Verse 21, for even though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their thoughts and their foolish heart was darkened. It even talks about suppressing the truth um, in, in the scriptures, I think, in the same passage. Um, so these people have an understanding to the extent in which God has revealed it to them. It's clearly revealed himself so that it can be understood and they're without excuse. And so there's a level of knowledge that all people have, all human beings have of the divine. Now, whether they know the name Jesus, whether they can quote passages from the Bible, whether they even know the Bible even exists, doesn't necessarily say that matters. It just, I, th- I personally will go as far to say, I think they're held accountable for what they do know. And if they reject that, then I think they're rejecting Christ and therefore, you know, face eternal judgment. But if they accept what God has clearly made clear to them, what the scripture says is made clear to them, all people, um, then God will hold them accountable for the knowledge they do have. Apply Romans one what you just read. Mm. It, I I I don't think I've ever thought about this before, but I I it just hit me. <clears throat> With Noah, um, he was found to be the only righteous man because of his faith. He was found to be the only righteous man on all of the earth, mm-hmm. and we know what happened there. God God hit reset. Mm-hmm. Um, Job was you know the 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 only righteous man not only but he was uh, uh the most righteous man forget the wording used but he was a righteous man found in his time and and typically job is is the known as the oldest mm-hmm. First uh, written. oldest written book of yeah. the bible so super old mm-hmm. so i bring that up to say that you, I think Noah is a good example. Noah was surrounded by wicked, evil people, mm-hmm. and 
good point. He had some sort of understanding that that God existed. Mm-hmm. This was before Jesus. This was before you know written scripture. Mm-hmm. This was this was before all of that. Yep. But but he had faith that they're like okay. I'm looking around. I'm seeing all this this stuff. You know this land and everything. It, somebody created this. Yeah. Somebody made this. Yeah. And I'm I'm gonna. I'm going to seek after and, and, uh, and have faith in, in the God that did this. Mm-hmm. Everybody around him is wilding out. Mm-hmm. But he was saved through his faith. Mm-hmm. Abraham was saved through his faith. Yeah. And so I think that speaks to, you know, what the point you made um, with, with they, how you, you phrased it good uh how'd you say it you're saved hold they're hold, held accountable to according to what they know right and reverse that and bring it to us in western society and you know even america especially america when even the most you know hardcore devout atheists there's like a 98.9 percent chance that they've heard the full gospel mm-hmm and and maybe even know some of the scriptures themselves. Yeah. And that person is denying God. Yeah. Very often. So so what does that say to us who have all these tools and all these resources and all this availability? We have all these these scripture, you know, these different bibles we can get. Yeah. And so what are we what are we doing with it? Yeah. Uh what are we doing about it? Um how are we using those resources to reach the people around us? Yeah. Uh, I try to I try to think of things like this as like a reverse it and use it as a challenge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Romans one is is a very good uh, good thing to think about yeah, uh, think with this topic. You mentioned earlier when you first started talking about it too. There was a I think it was just in the context of the um, the morality discussion and having to kind of steal the morality piece in order to make the argument against. Christianity. But um, I think in that you mentioned humility, essentially, I don't know if you use those words, but that's what I heard was that there was almost a humility, again, understanding who God is, and trusting him, and saying, God, you know, you're all powerful, all knowing. And if that's true, then who am I to kind of question you? If I'm going to believe you're good, as the scriptures teach that you are good, then you have all that figured out, I don't have to figure it out. It's not my job to to find out or I'm not going to believe until that guy in India, well, India is actually Christian nation but wrong some other unreached people group um that you know maybe doesn't know and like unless they find out i'm not going to believe that's a very arrogant prideful kind of posture um and so i I would say deal with with that as well to making sure that you have you're coming at it with the right posture because like like you said truth is truth and so it's not dependent on if what's going on in some unreached people group or you know what we think god's motive might be um because we know god is good yeah um I'll also say that, you know, uh, you look out th- throughout human history and you, t- you mentioned some really, you know, uh, perfect examples of Noah, Abraham. Like, again, they were count, you know, it was counted as righteousness because of their faith uh, for what they did know at the time. But even just look at like re- more recent history of like, uh, I think I always think of the Native Americans who um, in a lot of ways were isolated from the rest of the world. Well, just like every other kind of original um, Aboriginal people group, if you will. Um, they were isolated from the rest of the world, but yet within their own culture. And you see this throughout every 
people group, they had a religion. They had their ideas of what the divine was. They knew within themselves there was the divine because of what they saw around them, because of um, just, again, innately, and the scriptures even teach that innately, there's innately a law written on our hearts. And so there's this understanding of a, a standard to someone that's higher than us. And so they all have that. They show that they know that. Um, now, whether they're placing that faith in the right God or not is a different discussion, which is what we're having. But we're made to worship. Yeah. Every human being is is made to worship. So uh, so we're going to we're going to worship something. It's just a, it's just a matter of are we worshiping the right thing or the right person uh, and, and, and the right truth. Right. And as far as exclusivity of Christianity, this is one of those ones where where uh well all right real quick because like like the little i do know of hinduism hinduism in a lot of ways you know some people believe is the most tolerant religion in the world mm -hmm. because within hinduism you can still kind of you can be a hindu but still but like like so many different hindus believe all kinds of different things because right. like within hinduism there's over 300 million gods mm -hmm. and uh and you know so you can believe all kinds of stuff uh in terms of monotheistic inter which is one god right. so it's a it's a it's a supreme being mm -hmm. uh religion that only has one god head right. monotheistic there's christianity there's uh there's islam and judaism and a lot of people will say, oh, well, you guys just all worship the same God. You're all Abrahamic faiths, right? You know, you all came from Abraham because they did. Mm -hmm. And the point is, Islam <laughs> Islam is is worshiping the wrong God. It's not the same God right. because they're, they followed the wrong brother, <laughs> the wrong son yeah, from Abraham. Ishmael. They followed Ishmael. And that's not God's chosen line of people. Judaism, same God, but they're missing the rest of the story. The Messiah. And they're miss they're missing the Messiah that came, that's Jesus Christ. Yeah. Christianity, uh, I'm just kind of boiling things down is sure. what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Christianity is the whole picture. Yeah. And uh I mean you get it obviously there's Buddhism, which is real big. I think it's like a billion people in the world that mm -hmm. are Buddhists. Um, but Buddhists ultimately is actually atheistic because there is no god figure mm -hmm. um it's all kind of just like within yourself within yourself and you know go deep enough you yeah can become aware yeah, you reach nirvana yeah. um through anyway so and then there's atheism but what do atheists typically do they worship science a lot mm -hmm. of times yeah materialistic um, kind of materialism is yeah like religion is materialistic yeah. so uh and these are general statements. Obviously, sure. obviously, within within each one of these, there's you know a nuanced way sure. of, and Absolutely. there's some some large groups of people who uh, who differ from the statements I made. But anyway, the exclusivity of Christianity is cool because it is of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, real quick, if I can say this, yeah. Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the only figure the only person that's been in that that actually is in every single major world religion mm -hmm. uh jesus christ is mentioned in the quran for islam jesus christ is mentioned in hinduism as as 
even even some sects of of hinduism actually worship jesus they just don't worship the true jesus Mm -hmm. but it is actually it is actually jesus christ uh buddhism sees jesus as some sort of another buddha Mm -hmm. just not the buddha Mm -hmm. but like he is a buddha figure um most most intellectual atheists do believe that jesus christ the the human existed Mm -hmm. so in every major worldview every every religion jesus christ is the only one it's the he's the only figure that crosses uh uh, is is crosses all these different barriers and he's in every single one so then dr craig hazen makes the point he and he studied world religion got that's what he did his phd in uh dr craig hazen from biola university he runs the apologetic department he he always says what i always tell people is this is him speaking what i always tell people is if every if every religion and worldview has jesus in it then and and you're and you want to just you know you know and you're searching and you're looking and and finding out what the truth is then start with the one that's all about him yeah which is christianity yeah it's not it's not necessarily judaism because like i said judaism rejects jesus christ as the messiah but christianity has all of the old testament and and we'll say judaism but then also has the finished product well i wouldn't even say judaism even necessarily doesn't include him because it does they would probably just say he was a rabbi a good teacher he taught well that is true to some extent right so he's he's there they just minimize him to just a person the point is um jesus in john 14 6 mm-hmm. i am the way this is jesus speaking i am the way first there's so many different things in this verse to break down but i am first of all i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me mm-hmm. no one comes to the father except through me right. jesus christ that's you know through him as as the son the son of god through him as the messiah that that judaism talks about yeah. uh that is a fulfillment of all the old testament prophecy yep. uh through him he is the true messiah so so it's it's jesus making these exclusive claims mm-hmm. and there's other parts of scripture where he does the same thing yeah it's throughout his ministry and and uh that's just kind of the most well-known easiest simplest one yeah john 14 6 so it's it's kind of like a lot of people because we live in this kind of fluffy soft you know feelings-based world uh it's always kind of like oh i worship god and i worship god too you know why can't we all just get along well yeah you might you worship something Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh but what do you what do you say about jesus mm-hmm. because in reality the the truth is um when it comes down to it, what do you say about jesus right. and because jesus made these these claims so as many people have said throughout history uh jesus of nazareth the man he either was a liar a lunatic or lord mm-hmm. so which one is he and which one do you say he is for you yeah those are basically the most important questions of any individual person's life. Yeah. Cause he can only be one of those things. Yeah. He can't be literally, he's either who he said he is Lord or he's lying or he really believed it. And he wasn't, which makes him a lunatic, which makes him crazy, man. So yeah. th- literally you only have three options. Um, cause we know he existed. Like mm-hmm. Aaron and I've gone, he's mentioned Biola. We've both taken the t- certificate of apologetics at Biola. So Aaron's 
been studying apologetics for years. So, I mean, the evidence is there. We're not going to sit here and go through them. We'd be here for hours, probably days. But um, the evidence is there. This man existed. He lived. Uh, we're going to go as far, obviously, because we've done the research that he died. Uh, he was buried in a tomb, rose again three days later. There were eyewitnesses. So this stuff is true. And so you can go and test the claims of the Bible. You may say like, oh, well, he's, your Bible says that he said he's the only way. But how do we know your Bible? Well, all those things can be answered. You know, go do the research. We have a lot of resources to do that. Jay Warner Wallace just wrote it, just came out with his most recent book is Person of Interest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The point of that book is to is to show how Jesus, one is the truth. Jesus really existed and that you can prove that he is who the Bible says he is without using the Bible. Yeah. And and the way that he does that is he he shows that this man that lived 2000 years ago and only was known for three years of his life yeah. literally has impacted to this day, every single part of, of, of the, of yeah. society and every single part of the world in, in ways that, that aren't going away. Yeah. And it's like, okay, who is this guy? Right. Who is this dude? Right. I mean, we have Alexander the great who took over, you know, uh, took over the world in, in large part. Um, the Mongol guy, I was trying to think of his name before <laughs> the <laughs> Mongol empire, Genghis Khan, oh, Genghis yeah, Khan, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, okay. <laughs> he, he took over the, the largest territorial part of the world yeah. ever more than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, and Julius Caesar, you know, all these different guys who have had all this great power in the world. Nobody even comes close to having the impact on the world that Jesus Christ had as just a poor carpenter that lived 2000 years ago and was known for three years. Yeah. So you might want to look into it. And <laughs> so it's like, I mean, yeah. uh, Jay Warner Wallace person of interest, but, but all look, all his stuff, the, the cold case, Christianity, um, God's crime scene, all that Josh McDowell has lived, you know, he's 80 something. Now he spent the last six decades OG. traveling the world, talking about Jesus and, and the truth that, yeah. that is him. He has, hundreds of books literally about this lee strobel is, has the whole case series you know the yeah. case for christ is his book watch the movie the case for christ it's a really yeah. good movie if you don't actually. read and watch the movie it's pretty easy yeah. dude literally tried to his, his whole testimony is that he tried to disprove christianity that was that was his goal he was yeah. not looking to, <laughs> to become a christian or a believer he was trying to disprove it and he literally just the evidence yep. was just what it was and obviously followed Jesus. <laughs> one last thing yeah, Recently, Joe Rogan came out. I think it was episode 2008 um, on his podcast, mm -hmm. Joe, the Joe Rogan Experience. He had what I would say is his first like legit Christian mm -hmm. on that that can joust with Joe. Yeah. And that was Stephen C. Meyer from the Discovery Institute. And he is a science, uh, scientist, uh, science. He's a science. <laughs> He's a scientist, <laughs> Ph.D. Yeah. Um, philosopher of sorts uh and a genius level guy mm -hmm. but his specialty is in is in intelligent design and proving the existence of god mm -hmm. through science and, and all that and philosophy mm -hmm. but his he doesn't have a specialty in jesus mm -hmm. uh so in that conversation you know joe over time has always been very critical of christianity and you know, he always throws out jabs here and there and all that. Yeah. But he's starting to to be a little more uh, accepting of the idea of the existence of a being, mm -hmm. of a supreme being. Um, Based off of, like, 
you know, there has to be at least one, at least one miracle that's ever happened. The, mm. you know, yeah. boom um, creation. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he's being, he's accepting of, of the existence of maybe God, we say God, he would say something different, but he's accepting of that. Mm-hmm. What I want to see Joe have is somebody like these guys or somebody else that has a specialty in Jesus. Yeah. And then Joe just getting grilled for two hours about it yeah. because he's not going to have answers. Yeah. And anyway, that's yeah. what, that's what I want to see. No, that's good. That's but, good. Hopefully that happens. Uh, 